0: Unlike me. My Time Capsule My name's Mike Fenton-Stevens and My Time Capsule is the podcast where people tell me the five things from their life that they wish they had in a time capsule They pick four things that they cherish and one thing that they'd like to forget and that's it but you'd be amazed the sort of things people talk about. Anyway, my guest in this episode, episode 316 of My Time Capsule, is the comedian, actor and writer Lou Sanders, who performs regularly around the world. At her 2018 show, Shame Pig, was the joint winner of the Comedians' Choice Award for Best Show at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. Lou was the winner of the eighth series of Taskmaster in 2019 and has appeared on TV in loads of shows, including QI, would I Lie to You 8 Out of 10 Cats Does Countdown Hypothetical The Russell Howard Hour John Richardson Ultimate Warrior Alan Davis As Yet Untitled 8 Out of 10 Cats Red Nose Day For Comic Relief Russell Howard's Good News And Question Team She co-hosts The Dave Comedy Panel Show Mel Goodrich, Unforgivable With Mel Goodrich. Obviously Otherwise that'd be A ridiculous title for a show Lou has acted in Ashleen B's This Way Up And Carl Pilkington's Sick of It. She's also a regular guest on BBC Radio 4's The Unbelievable Truth, that in 2019, Lou appeared on BBC Two's Live at the Apollo. As a writer, Lou wrote and starred in Elderflower, which co-starred Sheila Reed, Tom Rosenthal, and Mike Wozniak. She's also written for 8 out of 10 Cats, Mock the Week, Stand Up for the Week, and Miranda Hart, and has been an occasional guest host on The Ellis and John Show on BBC Radio 5 Live. In February 2020, she started hosting a podcast called Cuddle Club, and she also hosts the podcast Taskmaster, the people's podcast. Now, for those of you who know Lou Sanders, I'm sure you'll all agree that she is fairly unconventional, which is what makes her so funny and unique. And her uniqueness is clearly demonstrated in this recording. So I hope you enjoy Lou Sanders' version of My Time Capsule.
2: Hey, I'm so sorry I was a bit late.
0: That's all right. Don't worry about being, what, two minutes? You're two minutes oh. late, Lou. It's nothing. But I'm a man who's very good at sitting on his own, doing nothing, staring into oh. the mid-distance.
2: That's lovely. That's yeah. um, I'm very sweaty because I've just been for a run. Um, so sorry about that as well. I did email to say, one sec, if um, you wanted to do it ten minutes later so I could come clean for you, but um, it was only just now, so I missed
0: you. <laughs> it's all right. Don't worry how was the run
2: lovely yeah it's quite good if you've got to get back for something because it makes you go a tiny bit faster (laughs) i'm usually really slow so that's quite good
0: perfect hello cat
2: look at my little cat's bum cat's bum.
0: (laughs) cats tend to show you their bum
2: yeah if they trust you apparently if they trust you they show you their bum that's the truth because it's a very private area
0: all oh right, so it's sort of—I know you're not a threat.
2: Yeah, That's I know you're not. You're although I wonder do very
0: much if that cat knows that I'm on the other end of the screen.
2: <laughs> nah, he trusts you. Oh, how was that shoot, by the way?
0: It's still going on. It's crazy. Oh. I am going back first thing Monday morning.
2: This is your home here. You're back at home.
0: I'm back home. Yeah. First of all, I get picked up, get driven to London, get on the Eurostar, go to Paris, get a taxi to Charles de Gaulle Airport, get on a plane, fly to Guadeloupe. What? I know. And then I film for one day. No. Yeah. And then I come back. I'll be back on Friday.
2: Well, why don't you say to them, give us a couple of extra days, and that's mic time.
0: That's mic time. Well, actually, because the first time I went out, I had so much spare time that it slightly drove me mad. You know, I think when you're on location, you're filming, and they say, okay, so um, see you next Wednesday. And you go, Well, I can't really go home and I can't do anything. I could hire a car, maybe, or shall I just stay in this five-star hotel?
2: It doesn't sound bad. I can't, like, there's always things to do. Are you crazy? Help your wife with some admin. There's always admin to do. Uh, Yeah. In a five-star, I can't, I'm sorry, but I'm struggling to (laughs) sympathise. You you, you have
0: no sympathy at all and things I've been through, Lou.
2: (laughs) Sitting in a five-star hotel, reading and catching up on telly.
0: Yeah, well, also you know, there's. Do I go in the sea or do I go in the pool? Yeah, the quandaries.
2: It's sea every time for me. Yeah. Um, I thought you did this podcast with your son.
0: He is the producer of it, so therefore he will get this and make it sound as if we're fantastically skillful.
2: Well, we better give a big shout out to him. Big fan. Big fan of his work. Saw him at a festival with his wife and kids. Big fan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Impressive, don't you think?
2: Yeah, grandkids. Oh, your your grandkids. Yeah, my grandkids. Here.
0: They're gorgeous. My other two are autistic and therefore are a bit of a handful, but equally gorgeous. (sighs) Life throws things at you all the time, doesn't it? It's very unpredictable. But
2: um, there's lots of autistic comics who are a bloody laugh, so uh, give it time.
0: Well, quite, exactly. (laughs) I've spoken to Joe Wells. He's absolutely fantastic. I love him. As long as you actually follow the rules that he likes they sort I of quite like zoom because i'm not actually looking in your eyes and i find it oh. looking straight in people's eyes is difficult
2: yeah if it's about everyone following your rules maybe i'm autistic because i like if people do what i say as well <laughs> so.
0: i think that's perfectly reasonable
2: actually fern brady one of my friends who um has done a brilliant book about being autistic mm. she said to me You've definitely got something up with you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they've got a name for my personality disorder. (laughs) (laughs) You're
0: Lou (laughs) Sandersisk.
2: Yeah, yeah, Hmm. yeah. Um, Have we started the podcast? Well,
0: sort of, who knows?
2: Right, do we say hello?
0: Not really. I'll do an intro, I'll tell people about you, and then I say, and here she is, and you find us chatting.
2: And does the video go out? Because no great oh that's a real relief yeah how do you get a job in uh i can't pronounce the name of the country where you've just been guadeloupe guadeloupe how do you get a job in guadeloupe because i wouldn't mind that
0: yeah i don't know i think i've done a career loop where i've been in hundreds of different things over the years some quite high profile but nobody's ever really noticed and suddenly Mm. i've hit this point where people say oh well everybody knows who you are mike and i go do they When did that happen?
2: Lovely. That's great. And I don't think we're going up for the same roles for various reasons.
0: Do we clash?
2: (laughs) I don't think we clash. I don't think we clash. Probably not,
0: no. No, you're much funnier than me.
2: Do you have to do self-tapes or do you get cast? Like, they just give it to you?
0: This was just give it to you.
2: Oh, I love that, Mike. Yeah. Don't make me dance for a biscuit. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make Mike dance for a biscuit. No,
0: I'm not interested in your biscuits. Yeah. Even with chocolate on them, keep it. I don't want them. Yeah. Well, obviously we all do, though. Things come in and you do dance for biscuits, Mm. usually crumbs.
2: Yes, Mm, quite agree. Mm. Um, I decided to do an audition for my friend, uh, but he didn't know. I I thought it'd come through because a lot of the time the casting directors say, oh, we got you this, you know, as if they've worked really hard for it. Mm. And then you find out that actually someone put you forward that you know. Ah. This time it was the other way around, so they sent me a casting tape and it was one of my best friend's projects. Mm. And then I text him and said, oh, I'm trying out for this role. And he's like, there's no roles. What? Who? Which part? And he didn't have any idea. <laughs> oh, no. I think people should cast the right person, not do favours. Oh, know.
0: certainly not friends, no. Basically, everybody I started out with, they all decided that instead of acting, they'd produce so they now own it all.
2: Mm, blimey. Mm. Who's richer, them or you?
0: Uh, I'm richer in my soul.
2: Ah! <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yes, that's the only place to be rich.
0: <laughs> True. But no, they've all done fantastically well. But, you know, it's not the world that I would have liked. I would not have No, liked- no, no. I'm glad I didn't have that life.
2: Yeah, know. Yeah, well, you seemed very happy when I saw you um, at the breakfast bar at um, <laughs> Kite Festival. That was a lovely festival, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, it's uh, lovely to see you because I have been a fan of yours oh, come for a while now. I am. I am. Oh, just like, I, just am. am. I just am. <laughs> I, just am. <laughs> I just am. You make me smile. <laughs> I,
2: I, I won't apologise. <laughs> you no,
0: know, I can't help it. Oh, thank you. Mm.
2: Sorry to show off my muscles there.
0: Oh, don't. I went to the park with my granddaughter the other day and she said, come on, granddad. It was that thing where you push yourself up. And I thought, yeah, "Yeah, I can push myself up. Two. Two. Two.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I could do. You don't use it, you lose it. As they say about corner shops and muscles.
0: (laughs) So um do you want to talk to me about your book?
2: Oh one doesn't like to talk about it, but yes, I've got a book out. (laughs) It's out on the seventeenth of August, but people are pre-ordering it now.
0: Yeah, it's available.
2: Yeah, it's available. I got the copy I got they send one copy to you.
0: That's very generous of them.
2: She doesn't sound like very many. I think they'll send more, but it's the first one. So they send you one just so you can have it in your hands. And it looks lovely. They've done a great job on the front cover. And it's the right size like you can pack it in your you know sometimes the hardbacks are an uncomfortable size to pack yeah up.
0: most hardbacks i
2: can't believe my selling point of my book that i spent a year writing is it's a lovely size or <laughs> 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 well, you must you must get it it's, it's a lovely size
0: really nice and small <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh there's nothing in it do buy it
0: <laughs> um, there was loads of other stuff i could have written about but I oh, no no that's enough pages now
2: Yeah, yeah yeah saved on paper for the environment thank <laughs> you uh, no, I think it's one of the better things I've done, actually.
0: <laughs> it says a sort of autobiographical book.
2: No, it is autobiographical. Yeah, right. no, it's definitely autobiographical. It is um, just um, all the mistakes I've made, but trying not to take on the shame of the past because mm. uh, I used to be a little used to be a little tinker actually, Mike. <laughs> uh, but it's about overcoming things as well, and like forgiveness and love and all that stuff. that shit. Yeah. Um, but it's just things like. I moved in with a guy that I met on the street. Um, I, like, I used to be quite unhinged, but, um, yeah, and it's then it's about how I got to not be so unhinged.
0: <laughs> but does it also explain, do you think, why you became that way? Yeah. So is that to do with your childhood?
2: Yeah, it explains that as well, um, which I'm petrified about because of mum and dad reading it, but... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it does explain that and go into a bit of that. But I've tried to be forgiving and kind and show their side of it as well. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's funny. You never quite remember things the way that somebody else does. No. I have this with my own children. I remember being rather upset by the fact that they said, well, you were never there when we were young. You were off all the time doing tours and things. And I said, I was often there. I used to take to school all the time. And they said, you were never there for the important things. And I remember thinking, oh, that's awful that that's how they remember it. Yeah. But admittedly, from their point of view as a child, I was off on tour quite a lot. And I would go on, I'd be away for months.
2: How many kids do you have?
0: Two. Two children. Boy and a girl.
2: Well, they're both corroborating the story, aren't they? That's the unfortunate thing for you.
0: It's <laughs> uh, just me against, <laughs> Two against them, yeah. against one,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did your wife say?
0: She says, yeah, you were always yeah, away. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're screwed. You're, it's I'm three done. against
2: one.
0: I'm done. I'm going to get my old diaries out and go, nothing that day.
2: Yeah. You, you should be like, God, it felt like I was there all the time. The slog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Jesus, five minutes with you felt like a lifetime.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But, um... Now I spend my entire time bemoaning any work I get because uh, I'd rather spend it with my grandchildren.
2: Oh, I do think that's a pattern, isn't it? The grandkids are, like, I think people get nicer as they get older and they get softer as they get older. It's easier. Everything's easier as everyone gets older, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, Maybe because you've sort of made the mistakes before.
2: Yeah. I think.
0: I don't know. Hopefully you learn from your mistakes.
2: It's nice you can babysit. That's lovely. I mean... Yeah. That's, that's really good for them, good for you, good for, the, yeah, good for the kids.
0: Yeah, well, not good for the wallet, though. Ah. I am the easiest touch.
2: Oh, no.
0: Took him fishing the other day. It cost nearly £100. <laughs> <laughs> they only did it for about an hour.
2: Are you buying the fish or what? <laughs> well,
0: felt like it. It felt like I bought the lake.
2: <laughs> but it was
0: brilliant fun. It was brilliant fun.
2: But you're making memories, I suppose, and that is priceless. Mm -hmm. Also, they're probably getting it in the inheritance anyway, so you might as well spend it with them. Much better.
0: Blow it now. Yeah, you're right.
2: (laughs) Blow it now. Can't take it with you. Yeah. (laughs) Even though I fundamentally disagree with fishing. (laughs) Yeah, me too.
0: Yeah. That's why we should spend it now. I'm going off to, to do this filming and then when I come back, I'm going to go to France for a couple of weeks with my wife and we're going to have a fantastically indulgent time where we just sit around, read books and go to dinner Gorgeous. and then maybe do a bit of walking. Lovely. Yeah, you know. lovely. Very, very indulgent. And my grandson said, can I come? And, you know, I nearly said, yeah, of course you can. Oh. And I thought, no, it'd be a completely different holiday.
2: Yeah, no, nice to have different configurations, I think. In yeah, family. good to
0: come back. So, yeah. so what else are you up to? You're not going to Edinburgh, are you?
2: No, 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 thank God. Um, mm-hmm. I'm writing a sitcom, but it's just a pilot. Um so doing that mm-hmm. just trying to have a summer of love, of course. Yeah. Um that's not panned out that well so far. <laughs> um
0: Well, I've been busy. I've been really busy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I'll be coming to France with you and your wife. That's plot twist. No, I I've um when I say summer of love, I've changed it into loving, doing hobbies, being outdoors, learning like I like to try and learn, learn how to kiteboard. That was fun, and just spending time with friends, and just sort of trying to have a more of a work-life balance. Mm. But then you panic when you're freelance, don't you? So I'm I'm trying to just enjoy life more, and not stress about yeah work all the time. And that's my summer of love. So it doesn't need to be with a guy. No,
0: no self love. Yes. Why not? Uh, I think sometimes actually. Uh, it's a lot of needing to be with someone isn't it having to have someone to do it with
2: Mike that sounds very rude someone to do it with
0: but (laughs) (laughs) self
2: love sounds rude as well but um, no I don't I mean I said to all my friends I was having a summer of love more for a joke really but then um, (laughs) you can love life guys it doesn't need to be a heteronormative relationship (laughs) well of course it doesn't need to be heteronormative but what I mean is it doesn't need to be me with a guy thank you Um, but also doing a lot of promo for the book actually so um, it's not as many holidays as i'd like actually but then you can't it's stupid i always think it's stupid to go on holiday no offense um in the summer because i think if you don't have kids at school age just go when it's moody weather here oh yeah no
0: madness to go now Mm. yeah no don't wait until they all go back and then you can get when are you
2: going to france with your wife
0: Uh, yeah well uh, unfortunately we have commitment to grandchildren oh
2: i Mm. see yeah but that's going to be full of kids as well when you go oh maybe will might be
0: not the Logis de france France we're going to no Mm. no
2: i used to be um fluent in french at the age of 10 don't you know
0: really and what happened
2: got my gcse uh well i lost i forgot it all (laughs) um so what a waste of bloody time but um Yeah. I took my GCSE when I was 10. I forgot. didn't realise there was a back page. I missed a couple of pages at the back because they had a blank page. I mean, please. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah. And then I forgot it all. I was so good at it. How did you
0: get to take a GCSE when you were 10?
2: Because my stepdad was like, you should, you should, uh, to be fair, we did go and live in France for a year. I sort of skipped out that. So it it sounded better without that. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) we did go and live in France for a year. And then, um, my schedule was like, right, you two should take your GCSE. And I got a C. And then when I went to school, we could learn France and French. <laughs> France, hello. <laughs> that's how bad I am at it. <laughs> and uh, I said, oh no, I better just, I I took French because I thought it'd be a DOS. And then I was like, I'm not going to do French. I'm just going to use it for my other studies. Mm-hmm. And I, I lied as if I was going to like pull my socks up in the other. And then I just went off on my boyfriend's sort of motorbike and then I lost all my French. It was really stupid. I should have just kept it up. Yeah.
0: Do you not go back at all?
2: Yeah, sometimes I do. And I start speaking French to them and every single time. Well, what what happens is, so you go to France, they pretend they can't speak English because they think we're arrogant. Mm. Fair enough. So I'm like, well, I've got a bit of a solution to this. (laughs) And I start speaking French. And then they sort of think, I will not have you butcher our beautiful language in front of me. So I will just remember all of my English again. And
1: then
2: they speak English. It's a dance, it's a little dance we do. But um, when I was in Chamonix, I can't even say Chamonix. How do you pronounce Chamonix? I think it is Chamonix so I, many, I said who le double WC? And this man laughed out loud at me, because I think double WC is from like the 1930s. <laughs> it means like, you know, it's a really formal thing from the 1930s. <laughs> my lord,
0: yes. Pretty, yeah.
2: So, but I'd love, my dream is to go back for six months and just live there and then pick up the language again, because I think it's in there somewhere.
0: It must be. It must be in there. Yeah. I think that's like those things like riding a bike. You'll just pick it straight up. My yeah. parents-a-law lived in France for 15, 16 years, and uh, my mother-in-law, who now lives with me, she never really learnt it, but she learnt it in a way that that, uh, apparently most French men find an English woman speaking with quite a strong English accent speaking French, they find it really sexy.
2: Really? As
0: we do the other way round, you know.
2: The other way round, yeah, wow, that's weird, isn't it? Yeah, the French accent is the sexiest accent around. It's so sexy. Mm. But... You know, as you get older, you sort of think, oh, there's no way I'm going to France for six months to live. You can't be bothered. You sort of think, you know, in all these dreams you had, you sort of think, well, realistically, I'm probably not going. Because I'd have to take my cats, and they don't like being in the car. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to happen, is it? Well, you
0: could do that sort of thing that Eddie Izzard did and just go over and try doing stand-up in French.
2: That sounds the worst of both <laughs> parts.
0: <laughs> yeah, he has done some really mad things.
2: Yeah. She now she I think it's she. yeah I think it is yeah, I think, I I think it is
0: she now yeah yeah you're right yeah yeah I've been told off on Twitter this week by somebody who said because I was I played a very tiny part in the sixth commandment which is this brilliant drama that's been on the BBC, Yeah, an amazing cast. I mean, really yeah. fabulous actors. And I played a judge at the end, tiny, tiny little role. Mm. And uh, I was delighted to do it. I'm delighted to have been in it. Yeah. Because I've been away, I haven't been able to watch it. I haven't been able to watch it. So I said to people, every time it was mentioned, a friend of mine would say, oh, saw The Sixth Commandment. It's absolutely fantastic. What a drama. I said to several people, probably about five or six friends of mine who'd mentioned, I said, did you spot me? And they wrote back and said, no, what were you? I said, I was was the judge at the end. But somebody wrote to me saying, the wonderful thing about this drama is that it's got actors who are so genuine and honest and don't boast about the fact that they've been in the programme every time it's mentioned. (gasps) I forget on Twitter that I'm actually talking to the world rather than just some friends.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that smacks of a bit of jealousy, if I'm honest. Maybe,
0: maybe. I was very polite. I didn't say, you know, as I could have done. I didn't swear at her. I just went, oh, well, sorry it offends you. I didn't mean it that way.
2: Mm. Sorry it offends you. Come back to me when you've been in the Sixth Commandment and we'll (laughs) talk. I only speak to my equals. (laughs) (laughs) Who
0: knows? (laughs) So, Lou, anyway, the idea of this podcast is that uh, we talk about five things that you've picked from your life to put into a time capsule. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about them and see why you've chosen them. So uh, have you got a little list or an idea?
2: Of course, I've got a list. list. Of course, I've come prepared.
0: You're a professional.
2: I spent about three minutes on this. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Um, Right. So what's happened, why I've done this capsule, as the world imploded?
0: That's a good question. It's a good question. Now, it could either be Mm. that it's something that has things in it that you wish you could, in a way, see again now, so you could... It's there, and they're in there, and you open it, and we look at each of them, and and so you revisit them. Or you put them in there because they're so precious to you that you want to keep them safe.
2: Well, I'm assuming the world's imploded, Okay.
0: Okay. so this is for future generations. I'm
2: selfless. I'm thinking of the world.
0: God bless you.
2: Someone's bloody got to, and it's not the Tories, am I right? (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's it. You've made your point. Come on now, don't bang on about it. Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) So, number one... Right,
0: I'm sure we'll get to the time capsule items pretty soon, rather than the details of my life. But before that, it's time for an ad break. We'll be back very soon.
1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: Welcome back. Okay, let's return to Lou Sanders and hopefully discover what she'd like to have in her time capsule and maybe even why.
2: Number one. I'm putting nature in there so seeds tomatoes <laughs> other paraphernalia tomatoes are quite easy to grow but um you know <laughs> seeds of all different types basically Lovely. so we can build a garden
0: my word you are putting a capsule together then uh, yes. that will help mankind be reborn
2: yeah food and nice things to look at then hopefully butterflies and bees will come along blah 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 yeah. you know yeah. Okay, I don't know where the bees. So hopefully, someone else. As
0: you started to mention the seeds, I was rather hoping you might have gone through them all. No, because you just went tomatoes. We
2: haven't got the time. Okay. Yeah, and I hope someone else has got a time capsule with bees and, and butterflies. Because if the <laughs> if the but we only need one little egg to hatch or something. So I don't know how.
0: We just need one to survive. Yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. Two. The story of Brian Harvey running over his own foot. Uh, Because he'd had too much baked potato. (laughs) And that's to bring joy to people, but also as a a learning, as a warning.
0: Okay, you're going to have to tell us that story.
2: Well, I mean, most people know it, but the future generations don't know it. Mm. It, Brian Harvey ran over his own foot in his own car and... um, (laughs) Well, this is the story he said. I don't know how it's possible, but anyway. And he said it was because he had too much baked potato and he got a bit full up, so he wasn't thinking straight. So, you know, what with all my seeds, I might have, you know, people might be able to grow potatoes. Yeah. And um, how are potatoes grown? In the ground? Yeah, but it's not seed.
0: No, Sometimes. no, you put a potato in the ground. You put
2: a potato in the ground. And it
0: produces other potatoes.
2: Well, yeah, that's in my box. That's in my veg box. Okay. So we have to have the story of Brian Harvey as well, just as a sort of warning, really, <laughs> if, if they go on to develop cars.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, number three. Um, Nobody's
0: ever gone through the list so quickly.
2: Oh, you can ask some questions at the end, I suppose. I will.
0: You give me the list, and then we'll talk about them afterwards.
2: Do bear in mind I've got to have a shower before my other podcast. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) because I stink okay so um number three uh don't hold my head down it's a book about um one woman's journey um uh she 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 was a journalist who managed to get she did the campaign no more page three Mm -hmm. because obviously that's really bad to sort of uh for women to, oh God, I can't even think of the word. What's the word when you, you know, when you, uh, what it does, uh, fetishizes and degrading mm. and sort of it makes them an object, objectifies. Thank you. Anyway, yes. objectifies. And um, she, she's amazing. Anyway, she wrote this book. Don't hold my head down because she realised that she. Was just acting uh, like one, like trying to give them enjoyment rather than thinking, well, what makes me tick? And there's nothing around female pleasure and stuff like this. So I figure if we put that in the capsule, we can repopulate ethically.
0: Ah, right.
2: So that's quite nice.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, number four, yes, Buddhist uh, Buddhist concepts. So we can start again from a nice foundation that we're all one, everyone's equal. Um, You know, just try and have a nice time. Don't take anything seriously. The glass is already broken, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, that's four things I love. And then one thing that I want to bury in the ground and forget about. Yes. Pet shops. (laughs) We shouldn't have pet shops. How are we still having pet shops? (laughs) I I think in times like in the future people are going to look back and think the hell we just kept like a bird in a cage yes. wow it's got wings it's a big old clue there for you mate it's got wings <laughs> i think let animals roam free and they will help us rebuild uh, like a good world if we let them roam free also horses like when people break in horses i used to think it was cool and then it's like no it's wild horses that are living a lovely life mm. and then they break it in and it's really severe and horrible for the horse and then it's like it's a prisoner it's like it's like it's like as bad it's nearly as bad as slavery really you know animals are little beings and have consciousness
0: i've never thought of that no
2: how we feel about slavery now Um, And obviously, humans are more conscious than animals, I guess. But how we feel about slavery, I think, is maybe in 50 years' time, hopefully, we'll think in a similar way Mm. about, like, capturing animals and stuff and keeping them hostage, I think.
0: Yes. You are vegan, aren't you?
2: Yeah, but I do sometimes cheat.
0: Just occasionally.
2: (laughs) Just occasionally I cheat if I'm in fucking France or something, (laughs) Um, which I don't like. Afterwards I feel so guilty because I'm such a hypocrite. But um, the disassociation, so I do get it. I do empathize with the disassociation Mm. because – you can just flick a switch in your brain and be like, oh, I'm not going to think about the cows. I'm going to have this bit of cheese. I never eat meat. Like, I would hate, hate, hate to eat meat for all the money in the world. But, yeah, sometimes I cheat with dairy or something. Whoops.
0: Well, it's easily done because, in fact, the world is pushing you in that way, all the time it's yeah. a, a, a,
2: oh my god in france especially yeah um when i went to sorry to keep mentioning chamonix <laughs> but when i went there like they it's like they hate vegans so much that so my that we went to this restaurant it was such nice food it was insane and then like all my friends had like amazing food and then all my friends just two of them actually and then i all <laughs> oh, that's all my friends and then i had this the vegan dish and i swear to god they'd made it so gross because these people can cook right and it was vegetables like they were as big as my hand each lump of vegetable was like half the size of my hand Mm -hmm. and then it was in a sauce and it was not cooked the vegetables were not cooked and they know (laughs) they know how to cook a vegetable but it's like if you're not having a bit of steak with it on mac and cheese they're like fuck you and then um (laughs) I was so depressed and he paid loads of money for it as well so depressed that I ate my friend's mac and cheese and it was honestly the best thing I've tasted Uh Yeah, but they could do that with vegan food. They just think. But you can get you can
0: get we? vegan cheese, and it it is it, it's fine actually. I, it's horrible. Is it horrible?
2: Mostly, yeah. I've
0: had some. I thought it was all right.
2: Mostly, I think people should. I think people are spending a lot of time and money researching it because they can charge about six times as much for vegan cheese because people are so desperate for it that. Like now people are like, oh, I'm going to try and make a good one. Yeah, I
0: think that's what happens. Until people actually say, no, this is shit and I'm not going to eat it, uh, they just churn it out because they think it's just a few people. But once they realise there's a big market there, Mm. it's been the same with um, alcohol-free beer, which for years there was one. There was Calibre, and that was it. And it was terrible. It's horrible stuff. And now Mm. they produce loads of it, and you can Mm. can really seriously – you never have to drink alcoholic beer again. It's really delightful, most of it.
2: Oh, it's yummy! Some of it's yummy, yeah.
0: Mm. So surely they can do that in all sorts of. Come ways. Come
2: on, guys! Pull your fingers out.
0: You look at things like Linda McCartney used to bring out things. Why did they always bring out things? This looks almost like a sausage, and you go, "Well, why would you want a sausage?"
2: I don't know. I, th- I suppose it's joining in. Like I do get that. Like I like a mocktail, and I like um, I like um. I don't mind a sausage. It goes in it, it, or a bit of fake. And yeah, as so long as you know, I don't like it to taste too much like meat because then I freak out. But um, just the shape is okay. It's like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. I don't mind.
0: So when did that start then? When did you make that decision?
2: I think 13. Yeah, 13. Because I, I was like, well, there's something right, But loads of kids. You think about kids, like... I've got a good daughter and she um she started out like vegetarian and then her mum's like, oh, I just give her meat and everything. And her mum doesn't eat meat, so I'm like, oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. And then I guess it's like you've got picky battles and all the other kids are doing it. is what I mean, it's peer pressure. And the kid is the kid. <laughs> She's three, mm-hmm. but she eats meat and then... I told her where it came from because I was like, "Well, she needs to be informed," and she thought I was having a laugh. Really? Yeah, you know this cute chicken—that's what you're eating. She's like, "Nah," like she thought I was joking, and I was like, "No, that's true." Like you like the cow, and that's—that's that's what you're eating. She's like, "Nah," but then because all kids find like meat, the idea of eating their farmyard friends, they find it initially—or not all kids, but a lot of kids—find that initially repugnant. Mm. But then they think, oh, well, I trust my parents implicitly, like they're magic and they do it, so it must be okay. Mm. But there, something about it when they're first told is like, oh, no, that's gross. Why would we do that, you know?
0: Yeah, it sort of really doesn't make any sense to do The same as drinking milk. You sort of go, that's directly from the cow. Yeah. That's weird
2: but it's important to know that in my book i don't discuss any of this and i am a bit of a laugh
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i'm sure you do
2: people don't like vegans you know they don't like vegans because i think they don't like vegans because it makes them feel guilty about their own choices but everyone must be free
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay i once went for a meal at the Manoir de quatre saisons which is a beautiful oxfordshire michelin star restaurant and we all sat there and had this extraordinary meal and a friend of mine who was uh, just vegetarian uh, shes said, uh, actually, I'm vegetarian, and they went, no problem, madame, we can do this for you. So the first course came, and it was a sort of a bit of tomato and some cheese, and, and you know, done beautifully. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then a sort of a cheese souffle with a tomato-y thing. Oh, and then, nice. And then something else came. And by the time it came to the main course where they did that thing of putting the silver platters on the table mm. and didn't take them all off together. voila! Yeah. We all had these extraordinary dishes. And he said, pour vous, tout tomate et fromage. And she went... "Yeah." This is a pizza, isn't it? So every dish, is that the best you can do? That's a long time ago. So things have changed. It's much easier now.
2: Yeah. Also, I don't dislike meat eaters. Some of my best friends are meat eaters. Mm -hmm. Um, So don't, you know. But yeah, Uh, I think it is morally repugnant. Okay. Okay. So what do you think about my time capsule then? It's really nice. Well,
0: I think you've been very thoughtful and considerate. Mm. And most people, it's quite a selfish process, this. They go through things that are particularly important to them. I've had people choose entire continents for their own personal possession. Oh, dear. Yeah.
2: And that's how capitalism starts, I suppose. Yeah. But there is a chance that I misunderstood the brief as well. So let's not No. <laughs> let's not forget that. No,
0: it's deliberately <laughs> unclear to see what you come up with and i've had several other people actually have gone for this idea of and you would think wouldn't you that a time capsule would be something that would be buried for a long time and it's it's for the future and that's fine it's interesting to see how few people want their time capsule to be for other people Mm. they want it for themselves
2: this story about brian harvey is very much for the masses
0: it's for everybody
2: yeah that's for everybody yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I gift that to the world.
0: I've run over my own foot. Have you? Yeah.
2: Wow. And now you only bring that up now? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought I'd
0: save it up. I parked the car, got out the car, and it started to roll back and it rolled over my foot.
2: Did you break your foot?
0: It didn't, actually. It hurt, but it didn't break anything. No.
2: Wow. Because we were playing a game at the weekend, which was how much would you be paid for a car to roll over your foot? (laughs) And it rolls over at the speed of, I think, 10 miles an hour um just one foot <laughs> and the foot does recover and i said Something like fifty grand, and my friend Dan said three grand. Right. And I thought, Dan, 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 you've got to have a bit more higher, sort of, you know, regard for yourself. But now I'd do it for three if I knew that it didn't break anything.
0: Well, uh, it went just over the toes, really. So I think they. Were I've
2: had that someone ro- run over my toes once, and I thought I'd made it up. You know, sometimes you've got a story, and then you think that doesn't sound right, <laughs> but you know you haven't made it up. But it's almost like you can't tell anyone because then they think you've made it up, even though you're sure you haven't. A, t- a car did. Run Run over my toes once in Broadstairs <laughs> and I was fine but a bit shocked.
0: These accidents are easily done. I once drove a riverboat mm. into my wife's leg.
2: Never a story has seemed so on brand <laughs> as you know. <laughs> you had me a riverboat but they're driving into your wife's leg that's not on brand I must say from what I, know of you, <laughs> from what I know
0: of you. I live a simple life.
2: So I can't wait to tell my friends that you know, that it doesn't hurt really if you, but also I've broken, well, sorry. I've broken a toe from stubbing it on a lad's bed once. Right. And it broke and it actually broke. So how is stubbing your toe, like bashing your toe on the side of a bed um, in the morning, it wasn't, you know, anything, it wasn't doing anything, you know. <laughs> but, like, how is that going to break your toe more than a car rolling over? It doesn't make sense, does it? I don't know.
0: Well, a car is a rubber tyre filled with air, so therefore it's movable.
2: still the weight of the car.
0: You'd think, wouldn't you? I think if it went over higher up, so, you know, the bridge of your foot, if it went over that, yeah. that's where your bones are, really. I think Ooh,
2: your toe, or oh, maybe it's the impact on the toe, like the way it goes smash into the bed rather than the. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, uh, something for the science heads Do you, um email in.
0: <laughs> yeah, people write letters, obviously. I don't know. I, I think that people have had cars roll right over them. What? Yeah. Look on YouTube. I bet you'll find it.
2: Their whole bodies.
0: They lie there and a car drives over them.
2: Wow.
0: Because there are parts of your body, aren't there, that are quite, well, they can shrink down to really thin. So your stomach area, if it goes over that, it'll push everything out the way. It'll move into other spaces. What? I, I'm guessing, but I think I
2: hate this. I hate <laughs> this. I hate the thought of someone rolling over someone in a car.
0: <laughs> I bet it's there. If you it's look there. it up, wow, you'll see there.
2: it. Uh, we've really run out of things to do if people are like, oh, go on then, see if a car can roll <laughs> over me. Get a hobby.
0: Well, maybe they're getting 50 grand for it. Yeah, that's true. See, you'd be quite happy to have your foot damaged for 50,000.
2: I don't know. I don't know damaged. They said in the sort of thing, it wasn't damaged. Okay. Because I like my feet. Okay? I actually get quite a lot of use out of my feet, you <laughs> wouldn't believe. I'm always on them.
0: <laughs> well, you've just had a run.
2: Yeah. Fast walk, but yeah.
0: How far do you go?
2: I try and do a 5K, although this one was longer but my timing is absolutely, I won't even give you my timing because it's absolutely <laughs> shocking. Like, I, I'm so slow. I'm sure people sort of overtake me walking sometimes. <laughs>
0: I sometimes think the runners are slower than people walking.
2: But I, I'm paranoid about getting Alzheimer's, so, and the biggest thing you can do is get blood to the head. So handstands and runs and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so it's really, like, spurred me back into it.
0: And you've not gone into the world of wild swimming?
2: Oh, don't. I love wild swimming.
0: Do you?
2: Mm, I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm going back into the sea tomorrow. I'll be in the sea tomorrow. I was in the sea last week. I know that's not like wild, wild swimming, <laughs> but I'll go to the ponds a lot. Yeah, I guess a lake or the sea is my favourite, but you know... Is the Lido wild swimming? Because I do that sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Virtually. It's wild the way I do it, flailing around.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It depends what time of year it is as well, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I've just been in the Caribbean and I've never been to the Caribbean before. And I sat there thinking, why is there no tides in the Caribbean? Mm. And somebody says, well, there are. So I sat and watched the sea, thinking, "When it's not coming up. It doesn't come up and go down in the evening. Why doesn't the sea move as much in those places? And they said it does. It's just got more space to move into. Does that make Uh, sense to you?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I thought it was because even the sea's laid back, smoking the (laughs) dew.
0: I don't know. It didn't make any sense to me. Well,
2: again, it's one for the science heads.
0: Yeah. And would you enjoy it? So, for example... You could get up at any time, of day or night, and just walk into the sea. No,
2: I like a wave. Yeah,
0: but it wasn't even cold. I mean, it was It was like yeah. getting into a bath. I
2: like a bit of a cold sea. On a hot day, especially a cold sea. Oh, yeah, yeah. gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Give that's like hot pudding with ice cream. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So I like a cold sea, hot climate, a wave, yeah, because that's fun. Mm-hmm. And again, you know you're alive, and then you can do maybe surfing or stuff. Kiteboarding, you don't need a wave for, but that's hard
0: you've done it for the first time recently
2: yeah but if you're in the caribbean you need something to do don't you so what are they on the big pull along things or water water skiing's fun
0: water skiing yeah they had some of that and uh, jet skis
2: jet skis lovely and those ones that are different shapes those boats do they have those
0: not in my five-star hotel no
2: oh right okay yeah. okay
0: it's a beautiful place lovely people but um, I was working. So I always think that when you go to you these places... You weren't
2: working. Oh, God, you had a few lines here and there. Working. <laughs> you had try a day of real labour once. <laughs> <laughs> this is working. Talking to me, this is work. This, this is work. work. <laughs>
0: I have hardly done a day's work in my life. Really. <laughs> I've got away with it. I really have. Yeah, that's yeah. what
2: I've heard from your kids as well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's what they're saying. Where's the inheritance? Get out and work.
2: Spent it on the fishing.
0: Yeah. So I look forward to your book coming out.
2: Yeah. And there's 500 copies on Waterstones that mm. are signed, and I've put secret messages in some of them as well. <laughs> but, yeah. Brilliant.
0: Well, I'm sure it'll be an enormous success, like everything you do, Lou.
2: Thank you.
0: You are multi-talented and gorgeous.
2: Thank you. It's lovely to talk to you.
0: You can have a shower now.
2: Yes, <laughs> I
0: <Okay>. <laughs> You have been listening to My Time Capsule with me, Mike Fenton-Stevens, and my amazing guest, Lou Sanders. Thank you for listening. Do subscribe to this podcast for all future episodes. And if you have the time, do review us. You can easily rate the podcast as well by clicking on the stars. Five means you liked it. You can contact me or my producer, John, via social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter. Yes, like everyone else, I still call it that. And Instagram. It would be easier, wouldn't it, if they called Facebook Y and Instagram Z. Then we just need to say we're on X, Y, and Z. Do follow or befriend or exfoliate us, or whatever it is. Uh, We do tend to reply, so be careful. The theme tune by Pastor Peas Music is available on Spotify. And, of course, if you'd like to get this podcast without advertising, then you can do that by subscribing to ACAST Plus for a very small monthly fee. That all goes back into helping to make more episodes. You can find the details in the description of this episode, along with all the links you'll need to find out what Lou Sanders is up to and where you can get her book. This was a cast-off production for ACAST, and it was produced by the person I previously mentioned as its producer, who is also my lovely son. John Fenton Stevens. Right, I'll be back with more episodes soon, probably ones that are slightly more conventional, if indeed we have actually created a convention. Either way, I'm sure they'll be fun. I enjoy them, of course, so you can always listen and then just moan at me for having such a good time. Anyway, I know I said in this episode that I was going to France with my wife. In reality, that's exactly where I am as I record this. I've seen some lovely things and had some gorgeous walks and even more gorgeous meals to counteract the loss of calories through exercise. And I think I've succeeded. And I've seen two French jokes. Yes, two. There are actually two. They were both names of shops, of course. The first was a hairdresser's called Imagine Hair, which for any student of the language out there works best if it's said in a French accent. Imagineer. Mm, brilliant joke. And my favourite is one that French people won't get, but it really works for English tourists thinking of hiring a car. The car hire firm in question was called E-W-I-G-O, spelled E-W-I-G-O. Hmm. Got it yet? Yeah, I'm sure you have. Of course, it works better when you sing it. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Yeah, I just hope they use that tune for the TV ads. Oh, bye.